Hey, it's the Love and Our Wake podcast, and we're really glad that you've joined us today. Mm-hmm. Together with Ben Teefy and Jason Aitchison, we are diving into theology to talk real life and learn how we, like Jesus, can leave love in our wake. I am Bethany Thompson. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. Do it. Do it. I must talk faster sometimes because it does feel like the song sometimes it, goes longer and then other times it's significantly <laughs> shorter. I'm like, I don't know what's happening right now. It definitely it definitely doesn't go longer. Uh, it's 30 seconds, except for last week it was 45. And that was like... Okay, mm-hmm. sure. i got to wow. stop touching that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what's happening with the song, but I do know what is happening with the episode. What is happening is today? We are talking about spiritual discipline. So we know that many of our listeners kind of said, hey, we'd like to hear more about that some mm-hmm. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so last episode, we talked about Christian meditation. Yes, we did. That was a good ride. And Mm -hmm. uh, we were kind of talking about inner um, or inward, uh, not meditations, inward spiritual disciplines and really landed on meditation as a key one. So if you missed that, feel free to go back and have a listen. I'll add some great life to you. So today we're talking about outward ones, outward spiritual disciplines, which Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. simplicity, solitude, submission and service. So if you need something to easy to remember them. Just Is it essential that they're all alliterated with the letter S? <laughs> I don't know. So um, sounds salient. Just going to say right now, there's some listeners that are going to be really annoyed at those. <laughs> Stop it. It's so annoying. The patterns. <laughs> um, but simplicity, solitude, submission and service. And so what's mm. our thoughts around those? Obviously, again, they're outward. So maybe mm-hmm. we could start as like, what's the difference between outward, inward and corporate? But mm-hmm. they're outward mm-hmm. because they are an outward expression of mm-hmm. our... Mm-hmm. Well, interesting, interesting. When was the last time you really heard much chat on those, right? I think service. I do think service. Service, yeah. We, Big you know, central conversation, isn't it? It's like within community. Yeah, that's right. We talk about it a lot. But, you know, simplicity in a world where where basically the gospel has been replaced mm. with the prosperity gospel and even, mm. you know, that's made traction in all sorts of ways, not just, you know, some people who rail against prosperity doctrine but in reality are still just material consumers. Mm. Yeah. So they believe it at core even if they reject it theologically. Mm. Um, Solitude, so, like zero. Uh-huh. It's like, man, people doing everything they can never to be alone and not to be alone. Mm. Um, and even the introverts, they're not just like up there practicing their gift of solitude. They're still scrolling from through Facebook, spying on everybody's lives anonymously, checking mm. out what yoga pants cost. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a really good insight into your life. But. <laughs> no, I don't. I know what yoga pants cost. <laughs> That's funny. And then submission? Yeah. Does that come on the radar? Not a whole bunch. Oh, well, you know, interestingly, I find that submission only ever comes up uh, either when it's being abused, for mm. example, it, it, it's been a while since I've heard this, but it's not uncommon as a pastor for marriage couples to come for counselling because of the he believes his wife won't submit to him and wow. she believes he's bullying me or something. You oh, know? So wow. honestly, and in fact, that's quite whenever domestic violence is present in mm-hmm. um, you know a Christian relationship, sometimes that a kind of skewed idea of what submission truly means mm. is the ground zero of domestic. Mm. In fact, the belief in my wife should submit to me, especially if it's phrased in that type of inflection, is a predictor of domestic violence statistically. So, mm. you know, and therefore, um, you know, maybe people have tiptoed away from the idea of what true submission is. You know, there is a there is a Christian discipline, an outward discipline that is submission, but we don't talk about it. So, yeah. So what makes these outward as opposed to inward? But like submission is an inner decision mm, and an inner, mm, inner mm. state of the heart. Simplicity yep. does involve other people. Solitude, mm. not as much. So what? What? Like what's our definition around? Well. That's definitely a heart action. 
Mm. Well, I think this is what's interesting about the whole idea of spiritual disciplines as a taxonomy in the first place, right, is that um, really all spiritual disciplines are expressions of the heart first, right? So they Mm. become legalistic or just empty religious behaviours if one does it to accrue merit with God or, you know, um, out of some, you know, know, the the Pharisees were pretty good at their spiritual disciplines, but they were well far away from God, didn't even recognise him when he turned up. Um, So I think it should be presupposed that the outward spiritual disciplines are outward expressions, behavioural expressions that embody an inner state of being brought about by the gospel and by the presence of Jesus in a human life. So the church historically has classified these, right, all ones approximating these. So let's have a talk for a second. Let's let's critique this idea. Let's look at the at the outward discipline of simplicity, simplicity, mm. okay, mm-hmm. because the world is full of mega church pastors with mansions and private jets, right? So I think there's a there's a good chunk of people that don't believe in simplicity. Mm. Then the world is also full of people that believe that poverty is a virtue, mm. right? And so, you know, they're going to impoverish themselves. Um, and simplicity is is obviously neither of those two things. But let's let's critique it. So you guys put your thinking caps on. Where would the New Testament idea of simplicity come from? Why would we? Why would it be an outward? spiritual discipline so so being an outward spiritual discipline means it's a behavior mm. that you adhere to and conform your life around th- as a mm. mark of devotion to jesus mm. i feel like i mean this is just top of my head and something that i like about jesus and his disciples that like you know what jesus said like the son of man has no place to lay his head mm, mm, mm. that he was not he was not a consumer at all mm, like he mm. didn't build a castle on the hill and get his disciples to come back there and mm-hmm. Like he went around villages and towns and I feel like that was a pretty simple way of living. Mm, 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 yeah. And then the disciples are called into that life. Yeah. To, and then, you know, give up your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I look at it and go, uh, when I think about living a life of simplicity, I think about John Ottberg's uh, The Life You've Always Wanted book, which mm-hmm. he, he talks about the slowing. And the idea of living simply is being present in the current like situated like life you're in and so when jesus says uh to the disciples and he goes hey drop what you're doing come follow me they didn't grab their nets and take them with them they dropped their Mm -hmm. nets or Mm -hmm. when he talks to the rich young man he says sell everything you've got and come follow me and Mm -hmm. so the idea Mm -hmm. of living a simple life gives you the opportunity to not be bound by the things around you but you can live in the moment and do the father's work Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that's a good one, isn't it? Because this sounds like heresy to a modern age, which is bent on material consumerism as a way of life, right? Mm. And it is a, it's now a competing philosophy in worldview catalogs, consumerism. I am what I experience and acquire. He who dies with the most toys wins, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. So the discipline of, of simplicity says... In a world that competes for loyalties to my heart, I refuse for my heart to be loyal to stuff, right? Mm. And then what is that stuff? That stuff could be consumer goods, could be material comfort. Mm. Um, It could be – but also – the mobile phone. Yes, yes. The opposite of simplicity could be one's desire for too much attention and fame. You know, that's Mm. like simplicity works against that. Like what does it matter if nobody's ever heard my sermon, listened to my name, cares about, you know, retweets me? Like does that matter? So there's a, the orientation of our heart. What does that conform to? So the New Testament calls us to a discipleship where the orientation of our heart is conformed to Christ as Lord, right? So he is our obsession instead of self. Yeah. And therefore, whether or not I had material goods, 
they don't have my heart, so therefore they would never stand in the way of a discipleship choice, right? Mm. So the the pin-up mm. poster, you know, scripture for for um, simplicity is consider the you know the lilies. And if, I was if, about to say Matthew six is yeah, like that verse yeah. that comes to mind, mm, which is that mm. one. Well, that's Matthew mm. six is where the spiritual discipline of simplicity is derived from, according mm. to Richard Foster in uh, Celebration of Discipline. Mm. Um, <laughs> Because it's celebration of discipline. <laughs> because of Jesus' call there not to spend your life worrying about what you're going to get, but instead seek first the kingdom of God. You know? And orientate your heart on the kingdom. Mm, 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 yeah, mm. I can see that. Yeah, I, I've got a practical application of how I've had to do that recently, right? Because since we moved to South Australia one year and two weeks ago, Ooh, you know, hello. About, right? Um, we we knew we're going to have to buy a house and have somewhere to live, you know, and we've been renting for the last little while. So then what is difficult about that, as you know, if you've done it, is like, you know, you're getting rent increases and you're getting mm. inspections and all this stuff. So it's just like also not secure for your family. Totally. And then in this current economy, it is crazy, right? So on the one hand, you're churning about all that stuff. And on the other hand, we've been out house hunting and trying to work out what house we can afford, talking to our bank, you know, all this sort of mm. stuff. And then I felt a real conviction a few months ago around the lack of simplicity in my emotions around what house we were going to get or if we mm. were even going to get one, wow. right? So it's like because in my mind every time I look at a nice house, especially if I visit someone who has a nice and we know some people with really nice houses, so you go visit their place, you're like, oh, this is amazing. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And then, you know, before you know it, I'm erecting the Kanye West mansion, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, but your heart gets like hung up on – basically at the end of the day like a trapping of wealth or status or mm. whatever because oh, yeah i want this big gate out the front and i don't know like a, not that i designed Something it that, that way no, yeah. I hear what you're but saying, it's like everything yeah. i look at i'm looking at all the, i'm looking at the houses i can so this is what it comes down to i'm looking at the houses i can afford to live in going well they suck definitely don't want to be living there and then looking at other places that are newer and better and you know like more stylish and i'm mm. looking through style magazines and i'm pinteresting and and then the whole time my heart's getting more and more twisted mm. in this like frustration of I can't find something I'm willing to let my family live in or whatever Yeah. until like God just spoke to me a few months ago like, Ben, simplicity, the discipline of simplicity. And I think we'd mentioned it in one of mm. our podcasts and we then have, after yeah. that podcast I was like, oh, yeah, I need to work on that when I, was, I left that day thinking about that. And then God used that idea to speak to my heart about like, well, you know, if you embrace the Christian discipline of simplicity – your family doesn't need a Kanye West mansion. Mm -hmm. They don't have to live in a cardboard box in a park either. Mm. Uh, but it more, more that your heart should not be moved mm. one way or the other depending on how opulent that dwelling would look. Mm. You know? And so I really had to crucify that desire for something better. You know? mm. And how did you go about grieving that desire in that space? Because obviously when you're going from a... I guess a dream or an idea, mm, mm. and then you're you're going, God, I'm going to surrender that and become more simple or that discipline of simplicity. How mm. did you? Because you still have to go through a grieving process. Mm, um, how mm, did you go mm. about that? Yeah, well, I found that as soon as I was praying and God said that to me, I was like, okay, I'm. It was like easy for it, you because it, it God honestly said, was. And so I, it, it was like, yeah, let's I don't do know, this. I felt like I worked myself up, like someone sweating it out on a on a um, exercise bike at the gym, right? Mm. But realizing. You're going through all the motions of someone doing a cross-country bike ride, mm. but at any moment you can stop because you're only on a bike that's going nowhere. You know what I mean? So yeah. I sort of felt like I worked myself up into this tiz and like looking where we're going and we're putting on offers on houses and missing out. We're recrunching the numbers and I'm doing my spreadsheet and I'm recrunching, calculating my budget <laughs> on a day-by-day -day basis even yeah. though I know what it says. 
But then ultimately it's like God spoke to my heart and said, hang on, just embrace simplicity. Like mm. it, it's not asking me to live in a cardboard box either. It's like just embrace simplicity. Get the house that fits the budget you can have mm. and be grateful for it. And as soon as I had that word, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Right. I'd mm. be, I would actually be happy in whatever that. we end up. Having, you know, like, yeah. Which breeds contentment and peace, isn't it? Yeah. Like just, but it is interesting because I think what you're highlighting too is it's a swimming upstream. Yeah. Yes. Like it's yes. against the tide that's so commonly around us and mm. what is fed mm. to us through, you know, not just people but through marketing and yep. everything. And yeah. everyone you talk to, right? So we're talking to builders and, like, oh, we're going to help you get your dream home and they're just pushing, pushing, oh, if you only had another mm. hundred, if you could throw another hundred thousand at this. Mm. And so everything is upwardly aspirational and yep. Basically, more debt, more money, mm. more 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 bells and whistles, a bigger pantry. Oh, now a butler's pantry. Oh, but you want the best coffee machine in there. Mm. So it's just like everything keeps growing and growing. But it's subtle because I didn't notice that happening to myself. But mm. now when I think about where we're at right now with all that stuff and what we would go for, mm. <laughs> I realise, oh, I was sweating it over all these things that really don't matter. Mm. They're, just, they're just at the end of the day don't matter. So... So parallel to that, I'm doing sermon prep for our upcoming preaching series, right? And so I've been reading a lot on the science of hedonics, which is the science of happiness, right? And and especially the deep happiness, not just, oh, you know, I had a lollipop, it made me happy. <laughs> and so one of the foremost thinkers on happiness, uh, Dr. George Vaillant, he says um, humans are always wrong about what they think will make them happy. So now I'm wow, looking at this literature and I'm realizing, oh, yeah, because before I'm going on this hamster wheel of house hunting, thinking that the right house would make me happy. But the mm. truth is, the science of hedonics says there is no material acquisition that can actually make you happier than you were before you got it. Mm. You will be momentarily buoyed. They have a name for it. It's called the hedonic treadmill. You'll be momentarily buoyed, but it will wear off, i.e. buyer's remorse is responsible for this, right? but it will wear off and then you'll go back to being about as happy as you were before. Yeah. And it's the same thing with everybody. That's Everything that someone predicts, you'll be happy. For example... People who get married are no happier after married than they basically mm, were before they got married, yeah. right? It's the myth that a person will complete me. So I think, you know, um, George Vallant, he talks about like he's written this book called Stumbling Over Happiness and he talks about the fact that everybody's chasing happiness but they don't realise that one of the most sure ways to be unhappy is try to be it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And he, has, he quotes this uh, psychologist, Dr. Martin Seligman, who's an expert on uh, human flourishing. And Seligman says, basically, when it comes to happiness, um, anything in the universe is like pancakes. One to three are good, and <laughs> anything after that is meaningless. <laughs> so it's like money, sex, power, mm. promotion, you know, material goods, like one pair of Nike, two pair of Nike, three. Does it like, it really doesn't matter. Like, it's not going to make you happy. So yeah. I feel like simplicity, simplicity is the acknowledgement at the end of the day, the, the transcendent quality of my life is not attached to anything outside of Jesus. That's probably the essence of what simplicity calls us to. It's interesting. So you, let's say you can't help it if you become a, a billionaire, right? Mm. So let's say, I don't think he's a billionaire, but Rick Warren, the author of The Purpose Driven Life, mm. right? Yeah. He was just a humble church pastor and by all accounts a lovely, humble man. That's all I've ever seen of him, not that I know him personally, but that's what everybody that does mm. know him personally says. He writes a book that becomes a runaway New York Times bestseller and becomes a millionaire, right? Has no control over it. Didn't really set out to do it. Just penned his thoughts on mm. his passion about helping people find their purpose um, and then goes back and uh, gives back to the church out of the money he made all of his years of salary that he got. So essentially that means, oh, yeah, I've worked for free for the last 20 years because mm. I paid the church back my salary. You know, So that's a classic example of a millionaire 
who's embracing simplicity. Mm. <laughs> but he, when can't, he doesn't have to, right? He can't control yeah. that success, right? And so there's people out there that'll be listening to this podcast going, well, I can't help it if I'm like a, you know, an ear, nose and throat surgeon and I earn 180 grand this year or whatever. No, you can't. But, you know, whether you earn that or whether you're a uni student on, you know, Ostudy, the spiritual gift of simplicity, oh, sorry, the discipline of simplicity, it applies to both of you in terms of but what captivates your heart. Mm. Yeah, Thoughts? Thoughts, feelings, attitudes. One of my questions is like where does that leave the whole concept of dreaming mm-hmm. and like, you know, having goals or going after things that you're kind of mm-hmm. believing for? Like, Because mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I feel like that can be that also good but it can invoke attention. But I feel like the answer could be potentially in the motivation behind it but I'm still intrigued mm-hmm. as to know your thoughts on that. Well, I think I, I, the last thing I would want anyone to do is go, oh, then I won't dream because I'm having the gift of simplicity. Yeah. You know, because Sorry. also yeah. like if you're embracing <laughs> humorous. If you're embracing, if you embrace simplicity, then you're really not lazy either. Mm. You know what I mean? So yes, you're going to be out yes. there being about your father's business because yes. it's like simplicity says my heart is bonded to Christ, not anything else, and my life won't be complicated mm. by external matters. It's not minimalism. No, that's right. Mm. Like Marie Kondo. Mm. Does this spark joy? No. <laughs> Dan- and Danielle said I don't spark joy, so she was ready to, <laughs> she was ready to put me in the, in the wheelie bin. <laughs> so, but I think that's a good question, isn't it? So the question is though, okay, let's look on a, on a dream by dream idea. And um, and critique in our own hearts. But what's the motivation in that dream? Mm. And does that is that dream like so for me? If my dream, I'll tell you one of my dreams, right? And this was wrapped up in my house quest. My dream is that one day my children are going to have children. Mm. One day, one day, <laughs> and not just be single, crazy cat lady librarians. Uh. Not um, unless they're called by God to be celibate and serve Him, which I'll accept as yeah. the gift of simplicity, yeah. right? But you but want no, grandbabies, no, no, but I would love to have grandchildren, right? And so I'm passionate about the family tree we're building. So if I have grandchildren, I want those grandchildren to be like begging their parents to come to my place mm. and yeah. I want my place to be the place awesome. where they – Yeah, 100%. that's right. It's like granddad, we we shoot, we hunt, we fish, we do mm. crazy stuff. Granddad teaches us stunts, you know, and mum's like giving us a pep talk on the way now when granddad gets you, you know. <laughs> so that's part of my dream. So my dream Love is it. because I want to give an awesome life to those non-existent mythical future beings, right, and, and – mm. I want to build something that's mm. like innately this is what it means to be part of the Tifi tribe yeah. or even our friends and their kids, you know. So but that's a dream. But also that's why I wanted to have my acreage and my horse pens and all this mm. stuff, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So but it's like tempering, tempering there's an outcome of that dream that's still possible regardless of my material circumstances. You know? mm. so, yeah, yeah. You know, Martin Luther King, he had a dream. He even said it in his famous speech right yeah. on the steps of the um, Lincoln Memorial. And his dream was a world-changing, nation-directing dream, but he was still a man of great simplicity in some ways, you know. Mm. So, mm. What but do you I, think about that same question? Yeah, I feel like, again, it comes, it ties back to the heart because I feel like if we're looking at Matthew 6, I mean, seek first the kingdom of God, that mm. is a matter of your priorities. And mm. I feel like mm. is you can want, and even like kids, right, they buy something and then the next thing's on their shopping list and they buy that and the next thing's there. It's nev- there's never satisfaction, right? Yeah. There's never a yeah. level of, and yeah. adults are the same. Yeah. And so we're I feel, just big kids in that respect. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it's like, but does that trump actually, you know, what what mm. it is to live a mm. godly life? And I feel mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah, even if it's like sowing into the kingdom or giving in mission mm. or mm. giving your time and all those things, I feel like mm-hmm. that also comes into play as well of like are we living mm. simple lives that are God-focused or are yeah. we just completely consumed with our own agenda? So I think it does the coming back to motivation. Yeah. But what I find interesting 
is that potentially the other aspects of Christian disciplines tie in really well. Mm. So when I look at this, I go, wow, that's so cool that simplicity is stemmed from a heart of submission. Yeah. And sometimes that is cultivated in a place of solitude and Christian meditation and prayer. Mm -hmm. Mm. And then it's outworked in service because I want to love God and his world. Yeah. Like I just feel like there's just a beautiful weaving. Yeah. Yeah. Of spiritual disciplines, it's like one without the other, right? Like doesn't. Yeah, and it's like not only like they domino. Yeah, like yeah. you got one yeah. and just. Yeah. And I was like, that's really powerful, and I do that see submission quite. But like we key. saw it with ben, Pastor Ben's uh, statement about the house situation, mm. where he heard from God, so obviously that came from a moment of solitude with God, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you submitted to God, saying, "Hey, man." Settle down, like mm-hmm. s- simple your dream there, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then ultimately uh, you came to a point of service, right, where you went, okay, I'm going to serve you in that space and lower my expectation on the house. Mm-hmm. Like you can mm-hmm. see that that mm-hmm. is a very easy. Mm-hmm. That's right, but and then you all, found uh, peace through it, like mm-hmm. which is really cool. But I also think they tie into like the corporate and the inner ones because I feel like some of these moments don't necessarily happen in solitude, but they could happen in a moment of corporate worship. Mm-hmm. But yet mm-hmm. then it it breeds something else over here that ties into one of the others. Mm-hmm. And I just think mm-hmm. it's just a it can be a beautiful tapestry of Christian mm-hmm. disciplines if mm-hmm. we're open mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, open to it. But I think motivation is definitely a key mm-hmm. in the back end of simplicity for sure. Mm. So it's interesting because of the you know just a conversation about spiritual disciplines especially ones we don't talk about much, then you go away and you then think, oh, yeah, I don't know, could I could I grow in that area? Or could mm-hmm. I, you know, the thing with the disciplines, why they're outward disciplines is it's like that's the inward state of my heart is gospel-centered and spirit-filled. Mm. But how do I live my life? I can live it in complete freedom. So what do I want to do? Well, how do I express that? The disciplines give me a framework to channel behaviors, right? Behavioral activation. If I'm submitted to Christ, what do I do outwardly to reflect that submission? I obey the word of God. Mm. I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So when mm. he convicts me of sin, I actually stop. I apologize. I repent. You know, all these sort of things. Um, when when the corporate body of Christ rebukes me for something that's genuine, I listen and change, you know. it's mm. very interesting. I, I think with the whole, with all of this, uh, I like what you said, Beth, where uh, it is an upward stream that like you found peace in this journey. Mm-hmm. And so going back to, I guess, my thought of simplicity, solitude, submission and service is that when Jesus says, hey, come follow me and they drop what they're doing, they found joy and, and peace in that because mm-hmm. like they didn't, mm-hmm. you don't read again like, oh, they went back to their boats, you know, and like, mm-hmm. and, like the mm-hmm. next day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do read when the rich man comes and he walks away mm, mm. he walks away sad and, and i think mm. like that's that's the whole thing here is that like he knew what he should have done in the sense of like he knew what christ was calling him to but he yeah. didn't find peace when he walked away mm. and so i think in this whole scenario where when we're looking for simplicity and we're wanting to submit our heart to the word mm-hmm. to um, what god is calling for us to do we find joy in that which i mm. i love thinking mm. about like you know, when I serve and I do whatever, I yeah. find joy in it. It's mm. not like it's mm. a burden or um, it's a frustration. It's something that I enjoy doing. Yeah, 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 for sure. Sometimes and, you know, Jesus- it's a burden for me, yeah. for sure. I'm not lying. Like sometimes it is, but then that's what I'd say. Then it's my opportunity then to cultivate another one. Like it's a, then, okay, let's take that back to prayer. Let's that's take that point. back to yeah. submission. Like I think there are yep. times where yep. I'm like, man, this is hard today. Like you know, whether it's in church or with family mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. I feel like there mm-hmm. are, but I feel like then that is just another opportunity to, yeah. in essence, discipline mm-hmm. my character yep. in line with Christ. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's what. So let's let's um, shift the prism for a second, bouncing off what you just said. The, I think the spiritual disciplines only work when you realize it's first to Christ I do it, mm. not others, right? Mm. And so then it's like all serving. It only has meaning when you're serving Christ by doing. It's like a Christ-centered mm. yeah. existence. So, yeah. so there's no merit or virtue in me just being the world's busiest person doing everything mm. for everyone. Totally. Because I think I'm somehow earning merit with God or demonstrating something, right? Yeah. But it's got to be. But whatever I do, I do it to Christ for yeah. Christ, and then, well, how do I how do I serve Jesus? I serve Jesus by serving other people. So therefore, I'm serving other people now. But why am I serving people? I'm predominantly viewing it as a way. This is how I express my loyalty and love for Jesus. Right? It's an act of worship. So if mm. I'm helping someone, it's an act of worship. Like I, my life is full of people who want to meet with me about things and. Quite often, the truth is, I don't. I'm not remotely interested in having that meeting. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want. It's not my problem. I don't want to sit there and talk about it, right? <laughs> and that's when, in my diary management system, <laughs> I've got to finally say yes mm. to some meetings I really don't want to have. Present company excluded, guys. Like this is never, <laughs> really? never. I know about our you. meeting hasn't been happening. It's never about you. It's never about you. But the point is, so it's like, yeah, but I have to meet with them about that difficult thing. That's nothing to do with me. Basically, mm. they want encouragement in their difficult, horrible issue, mm. right? And I have to do it. Because ultimately, I love God by loving that person, mm. you know? yeah. and then and then I can find that really painful, or I can just embrace it. That's embracing your cross, <laughs> right? Mm. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to love Jesus. And how I'm going to love Jesus is loving this person. So if I give myself that little pep talk going into it, yeah, it actually ends up being pretty good. Mm. But then you know, I had a another one where somebody was really like rabid. They were rabid about you know women in ministry and women aren't allowed to be in ministry, and then they wanted to come and have that out with me and. Again, I didn't want to have that chat with them because it's just annoying. I don't want to get caught up in some dark ages discussion that like we've well moved on from. We totally. have very strong and good theological hermeneutical mm. reasons we mm. believe in women. It's not a question anymore. It's not even a question, yeah. man. It's gone. It's buried. We're right here, it's guys. It's a buried issue. <laughs> right here. And so I'm thinking, Front oh, what a pain. 100%. So I make this appointment when two guys come to my office and before the meeting I literally went to the bathroom and then I took that opportunity to look myself in the eyes in the bathroom mirror. I'm like, okay, Benjamin, <laughs> whatever you do, do not be yourself in this meeting because I find it an mm. irritating issue, right? Like if you're if you're a drag addict biker criminal and you come sit in my office, I don't find that remotely irritating. But Phariseeism I find hugely irritating. It just mm. irritates me to my core. And so then I'm not going to lose my temper with the biker, but I am going to lose my temper with the women in ministry guy. You know? Like mm. it's just going to be annoying to me. And so I'm like, okay, Ben, just whatever you do, don't be yourself. Like die to yourself mm. and go into this conversation. What would Jesus do? If Jesus was in my shoes and he had to have this meaningful conversation as the pastor of Encounter Life Church, how would he conduct himself? And that actually really changed my heart attitude like yeah. like I, I went into that conversation thinking imagine this is an opportunity for me to love on these guys mm. and everybody like let's say it, even in our church right mm. everyone in our church would get really irritated with them because we're pretty open to mm. our women leaders as you well know perhaps Absolutely. You know? <laughs> and so then it's like oh I also have an opportunity to practice the Christ-centered mm. spirituality here and saying, oh, I'm going to talk to these guys on behalf of Jesus. And honestly, it it gave me a grace and a gentleness in my spirit Amazing. that is not my native wiring. And actually, the conversation went so well. And we had this long chat and they got it all off their chest. And I listened, which was so hard to do, mm-hmm. to everything and just sort of took it all in until I fully understood their viewpoint. Mm. And I asked them a series of questions and explained to them why I believe in women in ministry. And the ringleader... He leans back, folds up, and goes, "Oh, well, well, no one's ever explained it to me before." Yeah. Wow. That's it. That's Problem amazing. Problem solved. Yep. And I'm sorry, Pastor Ben. On that basis, 
I have no issue with that anymore. Like no That's argument wow. and war and they didn't have to leave mm. the church, you know, like anyway. So why I'm saying that is it's like but I have to view it as all the spiritual disciplines are it's not it's not that I'm doing this for everyone like a hamster on a wheel. Mm. I'm doing it first to Christ. Yeah. So then coming back to submission, right? Mm. And it's like this this these counseling situations where he's pounding the table. That woman, she's got to submit to me. It's like, well, how's she not submitting to? Her? Well, she's going to have my dinner on the table at five mm. o'clock when I come home. She went and turned, she wanted to join the choir, and I didn't want to. Like, there's all sorts of mm. weird stuff mm. going on. That's like very dysfunctional relationship, and yeah. he calls it submission, getting my own way all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Newsflash, <laughs> right? Um, you know, Ephesians five: Wives submit to your husbands as Christ loved the church. That is that is half a sentence. Totally. Yes. The previous sent the previous half of the sentence is cut off by English punctuation, where it says, "Submit yourselves one to another out of reverence for Christ." Mm. Right. Then wives submit to husbands. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. So it's like, well, if you think this is just like a human system where we do all this stuff outwardly, mm. then it is just like behavioral modification. But when it's I do it first to Christ and that is the reason I behave this way. That kind of changes a change of simplicity for mm. me. That it changes submission and, you know, solitude. Mm. Solitude's not just by the way, not just like, oh, I'm not talking to anyone else. You know, it's like I'm on my own with the Father, Son and the Holy mm. Spirit mm. with me. You it's know? intentional consciousness, moments, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like staying home and sleeping for three days is not practicing the discipline of solitude. <laughs> but I tell you what, that? if you've ever had kids, you sure wish you could, man. I'm still recovering. That's so funny. Mm. I, I am intrigued by the whole thought that you said before about how it's not doing more. And I feel like that's kind of the trick of the ages has been like to keep doing more or to yeah. act certain Sacrifice ways to everything. kind of – Yeah, that's yeah. right. But and I'm drawn to like um, the passage, I think it's in Matthew, where it says um, – are you tired, worn out, and burn on religion? Yes. Come yes. to me, get away with mm. me, and you'll recover your life. So come away with me, like have some solitude, mm-hmm. get some simplicity mm-hmm. in your life. And I'll, and it says, I'll show Sorry. you how to take a real rest. And it says, walk with me and work with me. Mm. So I feel like it's like that duality yeah, there. Yeah, and watch yeah. how I do it. Learn the unforced forced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. Mm. Wow. And you think Beautiful. even the the conversation that you had before that when we kind of discipline our heart and go okay we're we're, we're chasing after jesus want to live like jesus relate like jesus but it does leave an unforced rhythm of grace behind us mm-hmm. there was something mm-hmm. in that conversation that though a little bit hard left an ease and a grace over the whole situation and mm-hmm. left fruit mm-hmm. that was you know kind yeah. of to be in awe of and i feel yeah, like yeah. we can work so hard but jesus is just kind of saying no center yourself on me well, funny, isn't it? Because it doesn't remove sacrifice. Like it is like no. die to yourself, take up your cross and follow Jesus. But even embracing simplicity, right? I was talking to a, a pastor the other day and they were talking about the business of their schedule and all that stuff and how they're doing this, this, this. And I'm like saying to them, yeah, but you got to realize like am I asking you to do that? Because mm. I don't think I'm asking you to do that. Like I'm asking you to do things, but but how you're living, that is not at my request or at my mm. behest, right? But the discipline of simplicity is I think you need to simplify some of this because mm. if you think, you know, so let's just say hypothetically speaking, if you're a staff member for, for our church and I'm a senior pastor, I'm not asking people to perform their way to heaven and I'm not asking people to, to do like mega church success, the worldly version of what success looks like in ministry, right? And we have to have the discipline of simplicity and even how we manage our time mm. to work out we want healthy and we go on step by step but like – we can really complicate it and not involve simplicity in what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Good reminder. Mm. Like even as I'm sitting here, I just like I'm thinking of a bunch of different scenarios and ways in which these are all so relevant. 
you know, Sabbathing, Sab- uh, having a, yeah. a proper mm. day off. That's the that's practicing simplicity. Mm. I cannot Great keep thought. being a hamster on a wheel, right? Oh, but but things won't be as awesome if I just didn't take that one more day off and I just kept working, 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 building my Tower of Babel. Or you recognize you're not the savior of the universe and Whoa. you take a day off. You are not preventing any apocalypse, man. Do Come on, that's whether good. you turn up for work or not, it's not changing the cosmos as much as you think it is. Simplify self expectation. I'm not the Messiah. Okay. It's all going to be there when I start work again the following day. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Great so thought. We all said it to ourselves. <laughs> mm. So, really, I feel like it's just taken away this episode. There's such, so my mind is already like tick, tick, ticking along. Yeah. And I feel like if you're listening, it's probably likely that yours is too, that you're seeing this weaved in your day to day. And so, maybe thinking about how you can weave some simplicity, whether it's in amongst your tasks and the way you're thinking about them, or whether it's actually in the way that you consume things. But, and then solitude and having some one on one time with. Um, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then mm. like mm. engaging that level of submission and then outworking it in service. Um, the really, really cool things, and you can do some more research. Again, um, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster mm, is the book author. if you want to get your hands on something. So thanks so much for joining us um, today. Thanks for stopping by. You can stay connected with us on Encounter Church TV on YouTube or Encounter Church AU on Instagram. We're all about leading lives that leave love in our wake. So until next time, maybe you can find ways to do just that. Bye for now. Bye. Simply. Simply. Did I cut that off? Is that all right? No, that's good. Okay. That's good. I know that Jason gave me the phone.